strangers and residents of Amber Beach, welcome to the Sentai Truther Club. I am your host, Grav, and with me is my favorite co-host, Kennedy. Yo! How's it going? It's going. It's going goodish. Yeah, it's fine. How's life, especially after the dino supercharged timeline change? Um, you know, I have a pet dinosaur now, so that's cool. It, 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 it ate all of my cats. That part wasn't so great, but I guess these are the trade-offs that happen when you change timelines. I thought it was like they're endangered versus extinct. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Also, I figured out why... You think I think there's, like, domesticated velociraptors and shit in this timeline? There has to be, like, some rich people that have a neglected dinosaur in their fucking pool house. <laughs> like a neglected pterodactyl or something? Just like a, a stegosaurus. <laughs> does, a, does the dodo bird exist in this timeline still? Yeah. That'd be cool. Well, yeah. actually, maybe no, because I think colonialism probably still happened. <laughs> they still have the same cellular technology, so there's that. Yeah. It's not like this time. This is the timeline where they learned to bring the dinosaurs back. It's just that the dinosaurs never went fully extinct. I kind of like this timeline. <laughs> I know we're way ahead of ourselves, but this is going to be a sloppy episode, okay? We're recording this way too late. We've already forgotten everything that happened. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, uh, I just watched the finale, so there's that recently in my brain. But definitely, like, Dino Supercharged has largely left me. I, but I figured out why you like the finale so much. Why? It's because they set them up the bomb again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right from I, RPM straight into Operation Overdrive. This does feel like the same thing in retrospect. Wow. <laughs> For context, we've watched the first two episodes to Ninja Steel already. It's really bad. You'll see coming up, folks. Yeah, if we seem jaded right now, it's because of Ninja Steel. Super Dino Charge is okay. Or Dino Supercharge. Or, or Dino yeah, it's Charge Dino Super. Supercharge. It should have been called Dino Charge Super, actually. Oh, like Dragon Ball Super? Yeah. Okay, okay. Maybe. Come on. Would have been, would have been more Pog. Dino Charge Super! Yeah. Yeah. That's literally wild. could have placed the super part in the before or after it and uh, would have been just fine. But they had to go for right in the middle. It's I, just so awkward. because I a don't script. know why. Like, why was it not? If Samurai was Super Samurai, why wouldn't Dino Charge be Super Dino Charge? It really is the question of our times. Also, Mega Force, it wasn't Mega Super Force. <laughs> Yeah, honestly, if Mega Force was Mega Super Force, I'd be like, okay, there's precedent for this. But that would have made more sense than Dino Supercharge, although I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> I still would have been like, this would have been way cooler if this was called Super Mega Force. Yeah. Or Mega Force Super. <laughs> yeah, Mega Force Super. Yeah, I don't know. This uh this season, I think has largely the same problems as the first season, but it's kind of exacerbated. 
I feel like a large part of our review and what we didn't like about the first season just kind of got drawn out in this second season. With the added bonus of uh, there's only one filler episode this season outside of the holiday specials. And to be quite honest with you, uh, some of its worst episodes are canon. And because of that, it fucking sucks. Yeah, like, that's it, a, it drags that's it down a, quite a bit. That's a disadvantage it couldn't get around this time. You know, Dino Charge got to benefit from the absolute worst, most unbearable episode just clearly being non-canon. This almost feels like a season that was affected by a Writer's Guild strike. Or something happened? I don't know. But... The election of Donald J. Trump. It's weird because you would think that as the writers, you would know at this point that it, we're on these like two-season arc. But it just felt like the writers of this season didn't know what they were doing exactly. Like, are we actually finishing up? Like, it's almost like maybe they were considering con like continuing Dino Charge for three seasons or something, and then they were just like, no, nah, we'll keep with the formula. Because it's like, it just felt like, like, compare like Megaforce and Super Megaforce. Megaforce... We open up all these loose ends, and then Super Megaforce, we start trying to close them, right? And maybe they didn't handle all of that perfectly, but still, there was a tendency to move in that direction. Even Samurai and Super Samurai were capable of this. Yeah. Where, whereas here, it was more like, we open all these loose ends in Dino Charge, and then Super Dino Charge starts, and we get mostly more loose ends for like 10 episodes yeah Wouldn't i agree that's pretty accurate yeah i agree i think what really pulls it all down is warg world like i we went on about how fucking terrible it was and the best and worst but truly that was an episode that was written as filler and because the villain side was all canon stuff you can't skip it and therefore it just seems like the writers sort of wrote themselves into like this hole that they couldn't figure out and just did one of the most sloppy end game bosses i've ever seen right because normally like the way normally there's typically three villains three to four villains a power ranger season that kind of go over each other quite a bit. Um, in this case, when you fuck up one of those three or four villains, it's kind of felt. Uh, we see this with uh, Lightspeed Rescue, right? Although that's like my favorite season of all time, that still has that problem of the end game kind of feeling because eh, of Queen ba the way Queen Banshira was dealt with and all that stuff. Viper just getting hosed, or oh yeah, like Vi oh, like everyone was written very smart or kind of smart, and Viper just played like a video game supervillain. Um, yeah, like a like maybe like an offshoot Mortal Kombat character. Uh, <laughs> am I wrong? No. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, but you know, like you really do feel that, and in this case, like the like. Give me your worst Viper episode. It does not compare to Warg World. And also, Viper 
nor Queen Banshira are as bad as uh, this dark emperor that destroyed all of Sentai Six gets trounced in this in this one episode. Combined with like the worst animatronic I have ever seen in my damn life. And complete nightmare fuel with just a goofy-ass ranger plot. It's so bad. Yeah. Whereas Dino Charge doesn't really have that. So you have, like, all of the problems of Dino Charge getting put into Dino Supercharge. I mean, like, even the relationship between Red and Pink didn't really evolve too much. There was a confirmation of the relationship, but there was no, like, big on-screen kiss. There were some moments that you have to appreciate a little bit with that but at the same time it felt like once again it just sort of fell off after a point like i don't understand why we talk about this the more it's like i i I really will have to rank this lower than its predecessor (laughs) yeah i'm pretty solid that this is like a whole point lower than dino charge but yeah it's it's a very disappointing season i don't mind the way it wrapped up though but we'll get there um we're gonna try a, a much quicker pace on this review uh there's quite a bit of sixes quite a bit of sevens you know how dino charge and dino supercharge can be uh just like they're good episodes but there might not be too much to chew on um kennedy was there any episodes of note in the first half that you wanted to talk about i mean i did think nightmare and amber beach episode three was kind of fun and inventive they they had a little they had a little fun with that one and I also I appreciated so basically like in this one um, they're trying to trick the Rangers into sleeping on these pillows that put them into a nightmare where then like they'll do bad things like attack other Rangers or you know fuck shit up um, because in their dream they're fighting monsters or something like that. Um, this is an overall like pretty good plot for an episode and also this starts to set up like basically over the next couple of episodes they figure out that heckles bad news and like kick him out you know (laughs) like you don't get to hang out anymore this was an anti-capitalist episode too because shelby's dad is like you should be in the family business here, study economics and all this other stuff. And Shelby's doing good in school, but her dad's like one of those perfectionist kind of guys. He also gives it away on how people make such insane profits. Like yes, he explains he the game. Explains the game. It's nuts. Mm-hmm. And you know that the people writing it just thought that it was just like fine to say this, but it's like, no, you took the mask off in this scene. You shouldn't have done that necessarily. <laughs> yeah, like honestly, like we can clip that scene and it's hella based because it shows like how much of a fraud capitalism is. Cause like the whole he was going over the cost of a whole ingredients of a burger. And um and he's you know, coming up he with ways a bunch to sell of, like, the burger for more and stuff, and it's all basically like exploitation. Yeah, it's all like the show, right? The whole presentation of it, where it has like dazzling lights and shit like that on there. Uh, and he's just like, and there he's asking them, he's like, "Hey, would you pay six dollars for this?" And they're like, "Yeah." And he goes, "See, Shelby, look at that. It costed ten cents for the cheese, twenty cents for the meat." <laughs> five cents for the tomato another five cents for the lettuce 
You've got 10 cents for the bun. You've got maybe like a minute or two minutes worth of labor time. And then you've got the candles. You've got the fucking dazzlers. That's all like 20 cents, 30 cents a pop. You know, it's only coming out to $2.30 and you sold them at six bucks. There you go. You made a $3.30 profit or some bullshit. You know what I'm saying? And like, she's like, oh, and she immediately tells her friends too, don't do it. Don't get suckered in. And they're and they all got suckered, suckered in. They're all yeah. getting suckered. Yeah. It's pretty wild. Um, yeah, no, so I couldn't remember for sure, so I checked. They they do, they figure out in this episode, because Heckle, of course, in the intro, is sort of playing nice and trying to, like, you know, make friends with the Rangers so that he can infiltrate their operation kind of thing. Um, and I didn't love that plot, so I wanted to definitely draw attention to the fact that, like, I appreciated that it didn't last long. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah, I truly thought this was going to be an MMPR style plot that it was going to last like a good 12 episodes at least before yeah, the jig like was half up. Yeah, season or more. Heckle's yeah. just working at the cafe and it's 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 our buddy Heckle. Haha, <laughs> this guy is so wacky. Why does he always seem to disappear right before something terrible happens? Um <laughs> Yeah. Uh but instead it's like Shelby basically puts it together and just, like, solves the mystery. This is a great moment because Power Rangers are not often this smart just across the board in any season. They frequently just miss shit like this. But Shelby's like, no, wait. Heckle's behavior since he got here has been strange. And today in particular, it's been extra strange. And now that I think about it, he's the one who handed me the package that had the pillow in it. and like. She starts putting it all together like she's fucking Nancy Drew and just, like, gets his ass. And he just has to admit that he's bad. Like, he has no choice. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I really did like Shelby's uh, show of intellect in this episode. Like I said, I really do appreciate more so the, the, the economics and the interactions with her father type of stuff a lot more. But not to mention, I like the, yeah, I like the villain this episode too. I think it was actually a pretty strong, like just a pretty strong villain overall. Like it felt like that villain could actually potentially win because he was getting, he was getting dubs. Yeah. Like he was getting the Rangers to fall asleep and actually be like hypnotized and all that shit to attack each other a couple of times. Next up was a date uh, with a danger date with danger which i also want to draw attention to even if we may gloss over some episodes entirely this is not one to gloss over this was a great chase episode really satisfying with a good message honestly um basically chase is he has this new girlfriend kaylee that he really likes um which this actually becomes an interesting plot of the season as well like uh, but we'll get more into that. But um, and also we talked about that in our best and worst a little bit too. But uh, yeah, so basically he's got this new girlfriend that he really likes, but he's way too self-absorbed when he's on dates with her, and just like trying to show off and impress her all the time. And it's like you don't need to impress her; she's already going on dates with you. You need to like have a conversation with her. You know, you need to like mm-hmm. ask her about her day and her interests. 
and things like that and and you know and yeah you should keep sharing things about yourself too but like you got to make it balanced not just be the only one talking yep you know and that's great like the message. main what a what a great message for a power rangers episode rarely get anything this mature this is like perfect for like that 12 13 year old who's starting to think about like going on dates like real dates kind of you know maybe take a take someone to the movie theater take her to burger king take her to burger king <laughs> <laughs> i've definitely done that no but this is great um so um basically kaylee breaks up with him because he's too self-absorbed but she falls for the Black Ranger, which is, of course, Chase as a Power Ranger. <laughs> um, and it's, you know, because at, when he's being a Power Ranger, he's, he's being really selfless and, like, good to other people around him and, like, showing off those qualities of himself that he does have all the time, but he was just failing to show her. Um, and so... Uh, he kind of starts to date Kaylee as the Black Ranger. Um, there's also like a monster and stuff, but all of that it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> uh, he start, kind of starts to date Kaylee as the Black Ranger. Um, but then clearly there's like an issue there. And like he, he is like, the Black can't... Ranger can't be with her because he can't yeah. reveal his identity. And keep her even in a rare very unusual good keeper moment has like a talk with chase and he's not like chastising or scolding really he's just like homie you really think this can work out yeah and chase is like ah you're right fuck <laughs> yeah like you don't even have the kissable plastic lips this season so yeah Really? Can't what are you gonna do? Any lips. You, you can't even you can't even go that far. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he breaks up with Kaylee, and he kind of drops some like actually pretty smooth and subtle hints about like maybe your old boyfriend was just a huge dumbass at the time, and you should talk yeah. to him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That leads to them getting back together and you know chase is very apologetic and you know asks starts to you know ask her but more about herself and make it clear that you know he's he's never gonna just bombard her with his bullshit again and then they yep. end up dating from here on yeah um and of course as we cover in the best and worst she eventually discovers that he is the black ranger um, which we have not had that kind of relationship in the Power Rangers very much, where it's uh, like someone outside the group, but they know they're a ranger. I can't. Has that ever happened before? Outside of like a professional setting, mm, no, not too much. Yeah, it's like usually it's like it's, you date another ranger because it's like that's the only person who can understand what the fuck's going on. It would be like. Aisha and the rest of those new rangers in season two prior to them getting the ranger powers they had to be like Tommy and Kimberly and Billy had to go to them and be like hey don't tell anybody you know and yeah. they're like yeah don't worry we got you and then lo and behold they become power rangers themselves 
But I think if you if you take out that qualifier of just like a person who's never become a Power Ranger, that was just a complete friend of the group. Uh, I think Bulk and Skull at some point. That's probably like the closest comparison. But yeah, no, it's but not in a romantic way. Yeah, it, Rangers typically only date other Rangers. Like that's the only way it lasts, right? Yeah. So this is this is pretty different in a way. Um and uh relatively mature relationship which makes pink and red more disappointing. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Because Chase meets someone at the start of this season doesn't even have like a whole previous season with her and manages to be more romantic with her than pink and red get to be basically at all. Like, I don't know what else to say. Yeah, it's pretty crazy that I was, I was going to say that earlier where I was just like chase and Kaylee are the real relationship that we're supposed to be paying attention to versus red and pink. And it it might just be because they they'll just be like it's a kid show, or some bullshit. So they don't have the main characters like go too far. But like, what's the line of too far? Like, come on now. Yeah, I don't know. Let these adults kiss, because then you get into like weird shit, like Little Rascals or something, where you have like fucking five year olds kissing each other on the lips. And it's like, nah, man. Just let just let the teenagers on screen kiss. It's fine. They're 18, canonically. <laughs> Literally. Like, yeah, what a better season to just subtext the sex away and and uh, have kissing on screen. There's no better season than this one. I'm forever 18? <laughs> what, what makes them truly 18, honestly, and is very representative of their age, is... Uh, the the fact that they're so for forgetful they're so forgetful to like check things or double check things yeah honestly that a lot of that reads is believable especially cuz they're not stupid all the time that's yeah. a big difference here from like certain other seasons it's just like i don't know a lot of the characters are just like dumb as fuck yeah <laughs> and like you know they miss the most obvious things and that makes it more frustrating because it doesn't feel like a realistic set of limitations or something like that. It feels just like annoying. And so it's it feels different when it's like, no, actually the Rangers are smart a lot, but they do forget stuff because they're teenagers. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. That's definitely the case. Kendall's like perpetually 24, right? Something like that. The next episode is Roar of the Red Ranger. Red Ranger's trying out a new power. Makes him go wild because it's infected with, like, software um, that uh, the villains have introduced into Kendall's computer because Kendall doesn't practice good IT, even though she's, like, in charge of all of the IT for a museum. She doesn't (laughs) practice good OPSEC at all, uh, so she gets hacked. Um, Tyler thinks he's a T-Rex, so he spends most of this most of this episode uh as a red ranger morphed making T-Rex noises while running <laughs> around like a T-Rex. 
this is also the episode that introduces the Aqua Ranger, which turns out to be his father. And it turns what? out that uh, he found an Energem, the Aqua Energem, in one of his expeditions, and Fury was hot on that Energem too. And because Fury knew that he bonded to the Energem, Fury was always two steps behind him. So he had to give up his life as a father and as a husband. I make it sound very cool, but that part's just really mid. And I, then the I rest like of the episode the is so fucking goofy. Okay. It was okay, but it took it like that was minute 22 out of minutes out of 23 minutes. Yeah, I did <laughs> like I did like um his dad's friend who was like his secret confidant sort of I like, like how there was like it might be him. He might be the ranger. That was, was kind of right. fun, and like just the confidant, like sort of like bringing Tyler—that's his name, right? Yeah, yeah, bringing Tyler, oh, like over to like hang out, and then like being like, "Oh, that's a very special crystal you have there." Hmm. Like that whole scene was fun. There were some moments in this reveal that worked, but like, did it work overall? Eh. And like, also. So his dad hasn't aged since he got the Energem. So his dad is like the same exact looking from like flashbacks and shit. And like, I get that like that makes sense, but it just felt weird. <laughs> yeah, he's like 28, right? Yeah. Or like, maybe he's like 33. He's been like perpetually 33. Something like that. Yeah. Because it's been like, what, eight years since he last saw him? So, yeah, I could believe years, something like that. Yeah, I could believe that he was like 33 or whatever. And he had a kid when he was like 20, 25 or something. Yeah, sure. Why not? Um, And the next episode, Forged Under Fire, uh, they're basically like, hey, we look like brothers. Come on, bro. Let's bro it up. Let's spend time together this episode. And so they go on an expedition together. They have some fun. They get in trouble. Uh, there's this other villain that was introduced a couple episodes back called Singe. Singe was pretty good. Um, unfortunately, who he's a servant to is such ass that it kind of puts him into question. <laughs> yeah, I liked him juxtaposed against Fury for sure. Uh, but uh, yep, Forged Under Fire has some Singe stuff in it. Um Oh, outside of the whole brewing it up part, uh, the only other thing worthy of note is that it's basically a toy commercial. Because <laughs> it's just the Red Ranger combining his Energem with the other Energems to, like, do new hand weapons. And also, it's like, this is all, like, kind of a, just a roundabout episode for, like, <clears throat> Tyler's dad to leave again. Like, Tyler's dad didn't want to be a dad, Okay. I think we just need to be honest about that. Yeah. Like, when he got that into that situation with the Energem and Fury, he was just like... Well, he, his reasoning oh, was well. he's, he's on a mission to go find the other Energems, right? Yeah. Because the whole part of the whole thing is like... <clears throat> There's how 10. He has to remind his dad in this episode that, like, you know, the 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 team and the mission have to come first sometimes. So, um, I gotta go follow the Grateful Dead around. See you later. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Just a whatever episode. Home Run Coda, that was in our best and worst. Great Coda episode. The only good Coda episode this season. Maybe period. Yeah, maybe period. Let's just be real. Uh, Riches and Rags. Um, this was another based anti-capitalist episode. You had a uh, Ivan tearing up this suit that's somehow worth uh, $2 million. And you have this rich billionaire who's just like, I'm going to buy this fucking museum now. Because you're not going to be able to pay me back. And they're all trying to get out of paying him back $2 million. And you have Lay Batman dude being like, hey, actually, you had a bar of gold that's been collecting interest this whole time. Turns out it's worth $2 million, dude. You can pay it off. But like I the didn't... whole time, everybody is giving the billionaire shit for this. Because it was a fucking bullshit ass, like 1500s sort of outfit or whatever that was authentic. Who gives a fuck? Yeah. Who's actually buying this for $2 million? Let me get an evaluator. Right. I'll hire my own evaluator. <sighs> Am I wrong? No. You're not wrong. It's just... Yeah, I like I, I also tend to like we get a we get a little bit agitated when the writers always do like mind control as like a a weapon mm -hmm. of choice. In this case, I will say there's an addendum, there's an asterisk. I don't mind the mind control if it heightens an emotion that the Rangers have. Yeah. I guess I can. Because we know that the greed episodes is going to be Pog. We know that the love episodes are going to be Pog. You know, give my Rangers depression. <laughs> Make them have to take Lexapro. That, that's what I want next. Write that for me. <laughs> Asbro, <laughs> please. <laughs> you know, it's not out of the question. Next episode is Besties Forever. This is where we <laughs> discover that Shelby is bisexual. <laughs> <laughs> this is almost picked for our best. Yeah. Um... Shelby reconnects with her old best friend from before she started working there. And her best friend is like, hey, remember this song? Wasn't it so funny how you used to write these lyrics about, like, you know I love you, Tricera lots? <laughs> Listen, used this, to is, make... this is... This, this feels like it. there had to actually be, like, a queer writer trying to code this on This some is definitely... Because... My, my wife definitely uh, vibed with this episode hard. <laughs> There's just a... Uh... Something, something going on here. Yeah. Her best friend, though, is a toxic best friend. Because <laughs> she tried, uh, she was near a scene where the Power Rangers were, uh, you know, doing their stuff, being up on the villain and stuff. And uh, she ended up taking credit as Pink Ranger. Yeah. And then it after that, she was like, this is the fame I've been waiting for my entire life. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of like that one episode from Megaforce, except we actually know the person this time. 
Yeah. I uh I love this episode. I will say that. It was just another one of those like there's a couple other episodes that I think inch this one out on terms of best, but I do I do love me uh some Triceralots songwriting. <laughs> like I said, I feel like there had to be a, a queer writer that was actually trying to code this episode because the like best friend that you're gay for but you can't admit it is such a fucking thing such a fucking trope uh and it's a canon episode too because even coda message uh mentions it in a later episode when they when they audition well you've had lesbian sex right shelby (laughs) during No. <laughs> During uh the episode with our best of, I think uh there was a singing competition and uh Coda was like, Yeah, Shelby sings Triceralots. And she's like, No, stop. stop. <laughs> uh really you gotta watch you gotta watch Besties Forever. If you love Power Rangers, watch that one. Next episode is Gone Fishing. Uh, this introduces the Titanozord. Uh, it's the debut of Doomwing and the the evil Dino Charge Silver Ranger. Uh, so honestly, the Doomwing stuff I thought was pretty good as an arc. It wasn't bad. I feel like it was forgotten definitely towards the end. Like they were just like, yeah, Doomwing is um, he's a force for good and very monotone. But he's a bird, so it's okay. Yeah. Sorry, not Doomwing. I meant Zenowing. 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 Doomwing is the evil version of Zenowing, as we come to find out. But I do think that the whole Zenowing versus Doomwing stuff was Pog. Yeah. Gone Fishing was also the first time that it's shown that Singe is working for someone else, not Heckle. Yeah. Next episode after that is Love at First Sight. Or, no, sorry, Love at First Fight. Uh, we wasn't there also an episode named Love at First Bite some seasons ago or something like that? Probably. (laughs) We covered this in our best and worst. Beauty Cruel is an amazing, amazing villain. Uh, Yeah. Trick or Trial, that's the 21st, and it's a Halloween special episode. Uh, Catching Some Rays, this one is filler. Uh, Yeah. It's Purple Ranger's turn to use the Dino Super Drive Saber. Don't worry about it. It looks like the rest of them. Recipe for Disaster. So this is the three-part arc, which features the debut of Lord Arcanon, Doomwing, and the Dino Charge Ultra Zord. Yeah. Um, Lord Arcanon is the one that we said that was very disappointing for uh warg world episode considering that they just go out in like one hit and it's it's all really bad in general Um, the dark energem is sort of hyped up as this like very dangerous thing but like nothing ever really happens with it for the most part yeah because there's 10 energems but that doesn't include the dark energem right the dark energem is its own thing yeah is that true i think so okay yeah, I uh the dark energem and its explanation of like it's this dark incredible power uh and it has like power beyond capabilities that the Gemba could only dream of. 
um, is pretty true. Lord Arcanon was able to use uh, the Dark Energem to basically blow up Sentai 6, which is where Heckle was from. Heckle was influenced by the Dark Energem, which produced Snide, and then they got morphed together. So, like, that's its own thing. Uh, Doomwing is a sort of same sort of thing as like Snide, which is just the complete evil version of Zenowing. Um, as we come to find out, I like that stuff. That stuff's pretty cool. That covers Silver Secret as well. Um, and Wings of Danger is that sort of climactic bat battle between Zenowing and uh, Doomwing, and it's Zenowing's first transformation into the Dino Charge Silver Ranger. Again, I like. The Silver Ranger, I like Zenowing. Honestly, I'm going to rank them pretty high. It's just they kind of forget about them. The last couple episodes, it's like, Zenowing who? What characterization? Yeah. A lot, again, a lot of this stuff just goes nowhere. This is kind of like to my original point about loose ends everywhere. Yeah. After all that, it's a freaky fight day, which, uh, this is a gay episode. <laughs> so ivan meets his great 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 grandson unintentionally and they so look first alike of all ivan fucks yes confirmed yes he fucked in the past confirmed oh yeah he had a baby before he disappeared yep Oh, this is why Ivan and Tyler's dad get along, dude. They're fucking deadbeat fathers. Yeah. <laughs> you just know Ivan was already not involved in that kid's life before he disappeared. He's a knight. He's a knight. He's busy. His work yeah. is dangerous. Yeah. You have to give up that sort of stuff. Ivan's great-great-great-grandson... Uh, uh, is a graffiti artist and has been tagging up the dinosaur <laughs> zoo. Sorry, not zoo. My bad. I'm getting ahead of myself. Museum. Uh, for Long a little bit line. now. Riley. There's too many rangers. That's another problem with Dino Supercharge. Okay. You always think you want a billion rangers, but then they actually gave it to you this time and you're like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> Riley. Uh, Ends up being the one to catch Ivan's uh, great, 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 descendant. great, great. <laughs> Ivan's descendant. So Riley ends up being the one to get Zach to be to clean up after his mess before he gets the police involved, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And they start bonding, right? Yeah. Zach's all like, "Yeah, what I do just doesn't seem to be." Uh, Accepted by society. And really here is my cousin, who I've never met before, and telling me my artwork is trash. And Riley's like, hey, listen, I totally understand that. My family wanted me to be a farmhand. My family of, wanted me to be straight. Instead of, uh... What? Fuck, what does Riley want to do? <laughs> <laughs> instead of studying the play. Yeah, it's a playing with swords. <laughs> get through the, the recap because it's an important we have to discuss something important about this episode that's meta okay fast forward to a while a while <laughs> later Z uh, Zach and Riley uh, 
talk a little bit more at the cafe or whatever about um, Ivan because Ivan's still being a fucking shithead and trying to introduce him to like art of his era and all this other stuff. And Zach's just like, he don't understand. He never will understand. He's like a boomer. I'm out of here. And then Riley's like, hey, just stick around. I'm going to talk to him, see if I can pull Ivan around. And so uh, they're drinking shakes, right? And uh, Riley's drinking a green shake. Um, Zach's drinking like a completely different colored shake or something like that. But I think Riley orders him like a, a green shake and tells him that it tastes good. But uh, Zach's like, yeah, yeah, sorry. Uh, but uh, Riley has a talk with Ivan and basically says like, hey, man, listen, I know art around your time and your era you think is very beautiful. And it is. But in our time and in our era, this is what we consider to be beautiful art too. And you got to understand that just because you're used to one thing doesn't mean that the other thing is bad. And it then you three tried quarters of the way through the episode, Ivan and Riley body swap. <laughs> yeah. And because of that, Ivan and Riley's body sees you know how how much he actually upset Zach by like rejecting his painting and stuff. The Rangers have to figure it out until they can switch bodies back. Yeah, and it's different from the Beauty Cruel episode. It's so different. It's different. It's different. Snide makes sure to outline why it's different. <laughs> because Beauty Cruel can only swap with their the bodies themselves. Like the yeah. villain has to swap the body with the Rangers, but in yeah. their case, they can just swap the Rangers' bodies with someone else. Yeah. Completely it's different. different. It's different. It's a different episode. Different episode. The only <laughs> thing I really remember enjoying about this part was that uh like they're fighting using like the weapons they would normally use but the, as each other and then when they get swapped back they just toss each other their weapons that was kind of cute i will say um tyler is a bottom he gave off very bottom energy this episode he switched he switched uh bodies with uh his girlfriend and then acted extremely timid the whole way through this whole entire thing. And I'm like, you have an intimate relationship with her. What do you mean you're so out of place? Just so not comfortable at all. And I was just like, <laughs> he is not an initiator by any means. It's Shelby that's going to him. Yeah. Shelby's stepping on his neck. Yeah. It was very weird watching it play out like that. I was like, damn, Tyler. Coda and Chase get swapped and they're basically just like, whatever, bro. It's dudes rock time. Let's dudes go. <laughs> they just switch weapons and they're like, oh shit, let's go. They really aren't like upset. <laughs> yeah, Chase is like, yo, I got superhuman strength. Coda's like, I got a fucking blaster. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> The cool thing about Tyler, or sorry, Riley and Ivan switching bodies was that they're both sword users. So they got to do their final attacks together. And also, 
another sort of thing was uh, Riley gave Ivan a green drink, right? A green shake. And like Ivan was trying to prove to Zach that like what he means was true and he's down to try different things and he just didn't understand. He like drinks some of the green drink and goes, oh, and like he gets, can't like, handle freeze. the sourness or the brain freeze or whatever from it. And he's like, oh, that's just not for me. <laughs> Everyone laughs. Yeah. Uh, next up is Warg World, which we talked about. In the Horrible best episode. The Horrible end of episode. Lord Arcanon. Um, just an absolute fucking awful episode. Next up after that is the Rangers Rock. This, this is almost filler, right? Like, so Sledge it, is back. It's it's um, just because there's there's villain stuff that it's not basically filler. Well, Shelby creates a Zord. Oh, that's true. Shelby does make a Zord. Yeah, Shelby actually does what we were saying Billy was doing off screen. So Shelby actually makes a Zord using Zenowing's uh, technology. And Zenowing was like, hey, I don't even use like uncommon material to make Zords. Yeah, he's like, I can teach you to make a Zord. And Shelby's like, okay. Yeah, and it's like one of the most common like gemstones you can find or whatever that they were making a Zord out of. It was very cool. Yeah. Um, there was also a bunch of villain shit. Sledge finally marries uh, Poissandra, which is yep. great. I don't remember Medusa. Just a very... It's just a generic yeah, predator-looking villain. Yeah. Bad person that you need to fight because they're bad. <laughs> I do remember uh, Sledge and Poissandra when they get married. Poissandra's like, look at all these places we could go for a honeymoon. And Sledge is like, I'm going to blow up the earth. <laughs> we're not going to those places <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was pretty funny yep uh, let me see um, and basically at this point like it kind of is kicking off the finale a little bit although it's sort of a soft launch of the finale in that episode whereas Edge of Extinction feels more like okay yep the finale is coming um Heckle, th these three episodes are good when played one after the other. We waited a bit too long get to the end on some of the stuff. Because I think, like, if we got to End of Extinction faster, a lot of the other stuff would have played out a lot smoother. I think when we analyze it individually, it's a lot easier to just be like, yeah, yeah it wasn't as pog. So something we didn't really, like, spend a lot of time addressing is that Heckle and Snide get separated and Heckle kind of changes sides. Yeah, um, because really, like, again, basically, Heckle was corrupted by the Dark Energem, which created Snide, and then, like, once Snide became a part of him, then he was just like fully evil for that time. But then, once once they separated, Heckle started to like return more to his former self. Yeah. Um, which is still like an annoying theater kid, but not an asshole who's trying to kill you. Yeah. Heckle <laughs> also warns the Rangers to leave the Earth like as soon as possible. And the Rangers are like, what the fuck are you talking about? We're not going to leave the Earth. 
And like Heckle just like doesn't even know if he should bother saving people or whatever. He's like very nihilistic right now and depressed as he walks the streets. Yeah. Um, and basically like the big plot that Sledge has pulled off or Snide has pulled off or one of them. I mean, it's really Sledge's plot, but they kind of are working together, kind of. Yeah. Um. Uh, is like they, there's these eggs all over Earth, and they're gonna hatch into Godzillas. Basically, they call them Greenzillas, but you know what it is. Basically, like they're able to prevent one egg from hatching, but the rest of them hatch. Right. And so uh, they have to head out, and they're using all their Zords. They're using everything they can. Um, Snide also powers himself up with the Dark Energem. And uh, guess what? He fucks up their base. It's a classic Power Rangers moment. The enemy is at the base fucking your base up. No. They do it again. And End of <laughs> Extinction Fury comes in and fucks up the base. <laughs> They can't, they can't help themselves, I guess. Honestly, this was really good. This was actually the this, best moment of plot, the part finale, I think. You know what this plot reminds me of now as we're talking about it? Um, Super Megaforce, when they had to go back to Megaforce footage for the Robo, Robo Knight. Remember that? The three, to- three pillars going into the Earth? kind of remember this. <laughs> it wasn't that long ago, Kennedy. It was a lifetime ago. <laughs> Super Mega Force. You got uh, the prince coming back, and yeah. he was like, "I'm gonna kill the Earth through." Oh yeah, he was drilling. Oil was drilling. His yeah, yeah, yeah. This reminds me of that plot, just done better. Yeah. Where you got like a season <laughs> one villain coming back for one last plot, and like this plot was actually really good. Because it turns out, as we get into the final, final episode, End of Extinction, um, those eggs not only hatched, like, these fucking, like, fucking Godzillas around the Earth that they had to stop, but also they grow vines deep into the Earth that lets um, Sledge take control of the Earth. So you have the rangers backed up against the wall at the end of Edge of Extinction where they're killing the, the, the Godzillas around there. And uh, then they go back home. <laughs> Lo and behold, Sledge reveals to them, hey, uh, yeah, actually, no matter what y'all do during this time period, it's over. I've already won. Yeah. And even though they're able to defeat Snide, it just doesn't help. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter. Uh, yeah. Uh, Fury still- ends up going to the base to confront Keeper and pr- pretty much, like, almost kills Keeper. And then, yet again, the Power Rangers stop Fury from killing him. Yeah, so that actually, that's getting into the final episode. Yeah. So Fury nearly kills Keeper, which, like, okay, good for you, Fury, finally doing something. I thought it was going to happen. Why not let it happen? Why not, really? Because, like, Keeper sucks anyway. Yeah. And I'm not just saying this because I personally I didn't thought like that the Keeper. Keeper was okay by now. Like, honestly, my I went from, 
okay to dislike to back to okay by the end of this. That's where I was at. I agree with you somewhat, but also I just want to say that, like, although I am kind of biased against Keeper because he looks fucking weird, um, also, they just didn't do much with him. Yeah. Like, why did Keeper have the Energems in the first place? How did he end up near Earth? Um, these are questions that we never get answers to. Like, we never get answers to really anything about why Keeper is the way he is. He's just this guy that just exists. Yeah. Um, I found that a little disappointing, honestly. Even though I don't like Keeper that much, I would have been fine with a Keeper-focused episode, especially here in the second season, where it's like, so hey, Keeper, what the fuck happened way back then anyway? Yeah. How did you survive 65 million years? Yeah. What were you up to before the start of this show? Yeah. At all. In any sense. I, I don't know. Fury retreats. Rangers receive a message from Sledge. Uh, so it turns out those eggs are, those eggs playing down those vines, acting as anchors. Sledge fires a fucking web beam and uses the five anchors to drag it and was going to hyperdrive out of there, killing everyone um, and kind of enacting an, a new ice age, et cetera, et cetera by pulling it out of orbit and selling it to the scrap heaps of some other planet. They then go, no, you don't, and destroy the dark energem. Right? Yeah, so it, they, requires, it's, it requires like a spirit bomb kind of thing. We have to get the whole town involved, except we're all holding mirrors. Yeah, they're, they're all holding mirrors outside yeah. to like produce what? as much light as possible to... to <laughs> To destroy the dark energy, but the dark energy like turns into beam. a fucking black hole. Yeah. Also, only one side of the Earth needed to do this. Yeah. Really, just yeah. Amber Beach mostly, I think. So, uh, oh, yeah. We never just hold on. We never discussed something important. What? I told you we can't get too ahead of ourselves without discussing this, and we did. I'm gonna back us up just a little bit. I'm sorry, listeners. Ivan's great 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 grandson Zach is from Xandar. He is a citizen of Xandar in the modern times. Yeah. I just wanted to address this a little bit because this just further adds to the Xandar has to be nearby Amber Beach and like a modern country now. Completely but people just don't respect it. Independent in some way. Or some, I don't know. It's crazy. But his great 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 grandson addresses being from Xandar. He's a citizen of Xandar. I just thought that was really interesting. Yeah. Sorry. You're good. Uh, <laughs> so the dark energem, <laughs> the dark energem gets destroyed by the biggest spirit bomb mm -hmm. combo with uh, reflecting the sun's rays back into the sky. They destroy the dark energy. It creates a black hole. Yep. Sledge loses control of his ship and goes into the black hole. He's dead. They're they're done. But then they can't stop the Earth from getting sucked into the black hole. So the Earth then gets sucked into the black hole while all the Rangers are in their Zords and they're just like fucking distraught. <laughs> 
And the keeper is just like keeper's like, all right, you you gotta hit this joint before I tell you this next thing. <laughs> so they see the so the earth gets sucked into the black hole. And and keeper's like, all right, we're gonna we're gonna combine all the energems like dragon balls and do time travel. This is something that was possible. I didn't tell you about. They they go all the way back to when Keeper's ship crashed. Yes, I actually love this part. They 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 fucking. They, I was gonna say this is your. This is why you love the finale so much. They they fucking set Fury up the bomb again. <laughs> so they go up to the Energems. They go up to the Keeper and they're like, "Hey, we're Power Rangers." Someone's here to stop you, and it's gonna cause a huge problem um, for the universe if we allow him to do it. Keeper's like, "You're a Power Ranger, prove it." So they they bond to their Energems yet again, um, and it's the original five. So they fight against Sledge and the rest of them. They have the superpowers, so they have the supercharged powers, which is really weird. But they fight against Sledge and Fury and the rest of them. And Sledge is just like, listen, I'm still way stronger than y'all. They're like, wait, what are you going to do? Magna Beam? He's like, wait, how did you know? Magna Beam! Get big. And then uh, you got the rest uh, rest of the Rangers that weren't there. I think it was Kendall and her Zord was able to uh, intercept them. And uh, after he became large... Uh, they were able to reduce him back down to size. They put him on his ship and throw him in the sun. Uh, so Fury <laughs> uh, picks up the Energem case that has the other five Energems and goes, I have the other five Energems! Here, and Sledge is like, yes, give it to me, Fury. And uh, uh, Tyler shit talks them. Tyler shit talks Fury and he's like, you, y'all think you're so fucking smart. Well, guess what's inside there? And Sledge opens it up. And he's like, it's a bomb! <laughs> Your favorite moment. It happens twice. I love it. I was like, yep, this is a great episode. <laughs> Boom, bam. Everything's great. The asteroids don't hit Earth, which means dinosaurs never go extinct. Coda goes back, gets sent back 50,000 years ago. Well, technically forward in time, but to his time. Um, to which I say, Coda's, like, without any memory loss, Coda knows too fucking much. Like, he's going to do something that he might not think is too advanced, but will definitely change the flow of time. Also, like... I know that he missed his family and stuff to an extent, but, like, does he really want to go back to being a caveman? I don't know. Uh, Ivan goes back, which, less problematic. <laughs> Ivan's more likely to be like, yeah, I know all this shit happened, but also I'm, like, perfectly cool with being a knight of Xandar. Um, yeah, he, he never really seemed to want to be anything else. Yeah. Except he's more LGBTQ friendly. So maybe that plays up something in that oh, timeline. Shit. Uh, and Change then the rest. Timeline to be more gay. Yeah. And then they go back to the present time. And as it turns out, 
instead of there being a dinosaur museum, it's a dinosaur zoo. And they're in charge of taking care of the zoo. The dinosaurs never went extinct. They're just endangered. Damn, that's crazy. Pretty interesting ending. I'll give them that. There was a little bit too much wish fulfillment at the end of this. I think that's what detracts it from being a high score for me. I don't mind time travel to correct mistakes. And I do like the exploration of a timeline that's different from how they left it. That part's fine, but yeah, uh, the... It's just a little too deus ex machina. It's a little too... It's like kind of Mystic Force-esque. But it's a little bit more lamer because Mystic, because Mystic Force didn't have Keeper. Right. <laughs> yeah, you basically have Keeper beating, like, Madam Web. Or some shit. Yeah. Am I wrong? I don't know. Because they're, like, like deep wrong. in space while all this wish fulfillment's going on. So it's like a black background and everything. It's almost like a Dragon Ball Z explainer. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. If you um, I still like that. the fact that the, the sledge fight was pretty fun. Yeah. For sure. Um, and also, I like the fact that the villains technically won. Like, yeah. they destroyed Earth, but at what cost? Yeah. It was interesting. Yeah. That's definitely, like, some timeline shenanigans that you can do in like a fucking video game or a comic book or something you know this um, confirms that my crazy timelines theory about the power rangers is not so crazy too so i appreciate that <laughs> all right ranger rankings there's 10 of them i hate this aqua ranger <sighs> low c yeah he's not necessarily bad he's just forgettable Zenoing, silver yeah. This is a tough one because Zenowing did kind of have a few interesting moments of character development, but it also felt like too much. Where was he towards the end? Yeah. Like he weird. wasn't a part of that finale. Yeah. But I liked his other stuff really good. Like I really liked his other stuff. So I'm going to place say, him at a low B. Maybe, I enjoyed Zenowing. Yeah, probably like very low B. Borderline, yeah. Yeah. Graphite, Bruce Wayne. He is barely there this season. C? Just a C, I guess, because it's like, he's not bad, but like, what? Yeah. What does he do exactly this season? Yeah. He might even be D, just because he like literally wasn't there. Literally not there. Like, Yeah, I would all. almost say D, yeah. Yeah. Aqua Ranger was more there than uh, Graphite. Maybe High D, but like, yeah, fucking, where were you? Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, Kendall. I'm gonna say like High C. C. Just mid. mid. <laughs> Not much to say about her. They really don't develop her character at all this season. Like, at all. At all. At all. Uh, Riley. Low B, probably. <laughs> yeah, honestly, Riley, like, when it came to the fell very, uh, he fell off a bit, but not too much. Uh, really, what hurt him was home run Coda, and it came at a great cost, because Coda didn't really punch upward this season either. Also, um, it's, 
that wouldn't have hurt him so much if he had gotten like a great episode, but he didn't. Yeah. He so, was mostly a good supporting character in other people's episodes. Maybe mid-be, because yeah. he was consistently a solid actor. You know, had a few good scenes. I don't know, but like that's about as far as I can stretch it. It's like mid-be. Coda. This is tough, because he gets one of the best episodes. It's not really tough for me. But I almost want to put him in D. He's still like, a, that's where yeah, I'm at. He's like, he's like a C. In that bad. filler episode, it was bad. He was bad. Uh, a lot of the episodes, they really Actually, just played the Actually, Warbler was so shit. fucking bad that Coda is a D this season. I'm yeah, sorry. He's like a high D this season. Warbler <laughs> was insanely bad. Um, and a couple of other really bad episodes. Like, there was they one where just... he just farted, and, like, that was, like, the opening act. Yeah. That was a whole bit. Um, yeah, nah. Uh, Chase? Chase is, like, really good. He's A. Yeah, he's, like, the, he's, like, the standout, honestly, this season. Yeah. He gets the best character development. Nails a lot of the performances. He's like maybe even almost verging towards S, but not really. <laughs> he needed one more really good episode to be an S. Yeah. But solid high A. Yeah. Uh, Tyler. B, mid B. Yeah. Tyler, maybe when Tyler's good, he's great, but like. He gave a lot of average performances this season too. Also, this are we jaded on this season? Did not I'll... land. Yeah, like we're not. Relation... No, it, this is this is the opposite of Dino Charge. Here's the thing: Dino Charge, the Rangers were greater than the sum of the parts in some ways. Like we were ranking the Rangers kind of higher than the season in certain respects, and this is the opposite here in some ways. Even though we are going to unfortunately also rate this season lower, the Rangers here are less than the sum of the parts, too. Like, instead of having consistently great characterization, we got consistently mid as fuck characterization. Yeah, I agree. So. Yeah, I'm with you. Tyler's mid B. Um,. Like, it it's we're not jaded about it. It's just unfortunately how it is here. Like this supercharge really let us down on a lot of fronts. Um. Okay. Who do we got left? We got uh, Shelby. Shelby. Ivan. Oh yeah, Ivan. Where's Ivan? Ivan's a C, right? A high C. This is C for me. He's a high C for me. He has some pretty good episodes. He just doesn't change his character too much. He's pretty two-dimensional in that way. I didn't mind that part of it, actually, as much, because I, I, I felt like Ivan, he was just more a product of his times. and that, So, like, I don't know. It made more sense, like, when he was going back, too. It was just like, yeah, of course Ivan would just go back to his time. Whereas, like, I don't know. It was different with Coda, and I expected something else. I would say my issue with Ivan this season is just, like, yeah, you're out of your time and you want to go back and you're going to go back. Um, but also, like, that doesn't mean that you can't, like, do anything necessarily. 
it felt like in season one he was a little bit more open to like experiencing the times and stuff. And so I think like even like his episode with his great 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 descendant felt like a little disappointing in a way because it was like isn't this contrary to what Ivan was like before? In certain ways. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm very just I wasn't thrilled by any of the Ivan performances outside of the one with his uh, descendant. Yeah. Um, like whereas the previous season, his intro was great. His uh, The follow-up episode of him not wanting to join up the team was great. All that stuff was, you know? So, like, in direct, he's one of the ones where in direct comparison, he's just less. Yeah. Um, I think Shelby also manages to pull an A out. Especially because she gets two of the strongest episodes. I was going to put her in S. Yeah, I was thinking about it. I think I Dino Supercharge it. failed her. She <laughs> didn't fail Dino Supercharge. True. That's a good way of putting it. You know what? She deserves the S. Her performances were great. Literally, the only bad performance she ever gave this season was when she had a plan to, to uh, fucking... Was it this season or last season? No, I think it was last season, even. Um, but, like, she had all of the best moments this season. The Tricera Lots episode, the Tyler and her episode with Beauty Cruel. Um, all of her performances were great. The only problem was is the Dino Supercharged writers couldn't fucking keep up the quality level for her. It's not her fault. I don't feel like she ever took a writing L or an acting L this season. Yeah, I agree. And I would go so far as to say is she holds the season on its back because if it wasn't for her, my rating would probably be two to three to maybe four points lower because the entire first half of the season was pretty based in anti-capitalist at a good portion of the season. And it was all because of her parts in those episodes. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm putting her at S. She might be borderline or just low S, but I, I, I don't think it's because of her. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's um, crazy how many Pink Rangers have made it into S. Yeah, there's something about there's something about the Pink Ranger has attracted good writing a lot in this show over the course of many seasons. Well, at some point when we're like kind of fully caught up and we're moving on to like slightly other properties, we'll do like a big retrospective episode where we look back on some things like that, maybe. Yeah, I'd be down for that. We got to do the seasons, the Rangers, and the villains. Yeah. That's how we'll divide up the episodes. Let's let's rate and review. <laughs> I'm ready to to give my review. Uh, All right. This is a seven. Um, I a thought seven. about it a lot. Yeah. Okay. And I, I finally came to that conclusion. That's just really where it feels like it's landing for me. It's just not as good as what came before. It might even be a 6.5. I'm like, I don't know exactly how harsh I want to be. Because I enjoy these characters. And Is it because of Warg World? It's not just because of Warg World. <laughs> but Warg World did take a lot off. Yeah, mm -hmm. I'm trying to, to place a, a score. But Warg World is like some of the worst television I've I ever seen. I think I have to maybe even veer towards 6.5. I don't know. I think that that's, it, that's a little bit outlandish. It, it's tough. I just I, I'm gonna give it the seven, I think, but I just want to be clear that like that 
there is a part of me that's like, I don't know, maybe I should go a little lower. Because it's not just Warg World. A lot of the episodes are really mid. That's why we didn't, like, cover a lot of them super closely. Um, and a few of them are just outright kind of bad. Um, which is more of a contrast from last season, where very rarely was anything, like, something I didn't really want to watch. Like, I found Dino Charge just very watchable all the way through, other than the filler episodes. Um, it was I just, think... like, an easy time. Like, I was just enjoying putting it on and relaxing. I felt that way still most of the time while I watched this. But... There were more moments, especially more compared to none. <laughs> there were yeah. just moments where it was just like, eh, I'm not feeling this as much. Um, so I, I got to give it the seven. On, on the whole, there are still a lot of likable things here. Quite a few good episodes, some good fights, some good characterization. But it's just too messy. There's too many characters. There's too many loose ends. It's not working for me uh, on every level. So is it watchable overall? Yeah, but is it like the same fun time? Not really. I can agree to that. Um, Dino Supercharge, I would probably rate a 7, but I'd like to veer towards a 7.5. Uh, I literally probably it has all the same problems of Dino Charge, um, with like a point off because of Warg World. I'm almost wanting to give it a point and a half off. Record scratch freeze frame. Uh, turns out Craig does not like to save all of the audio included, so I'm gonna have to interject here as editor Grav and just say. Hey, uh, I don't remember why I would uh, why I would veer the score a point and a half less, but I'm gonna guess that the reason would be retrospectively, I think would be the weak writing and the under delivery of what was promised in the first season. Uh, as Kennedy said with the threads, that was just a very disappointing feature. But I do hope you guys still love this season review, and I'll see you guys next time on the Sentai Truther Club. Rangers. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked what you heard, please make sure to rate our podcast five stars on iTunes and Stitcher. Subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to them. And as always, you can find Kennedy and I on Twitter. I am at Gravcast and Kennedy is at Kennedy T. Cooper. Stay safe, Rangers, and may the power protect you. <laughs>